All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a new year. Yeah, mm-hmm. New Year. Welcome to 2018. SSDD, yes. but New Year. We have a special guest with us today. We sure do. Mr. Earl Skakel. Yeah. yeah what up, what's dude? What's up? What's yeah. up? Or Mr. Earl Skakel. How's your New Year ringing in? I, New Year's, it's it's just, I don't know. If you, you don't cross me as somebody who gets super enthusiastic just because the digits change on the clock to where you're like, yes, this is my year. No, my life is yeah. the same every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you do comedy, it is. You know. I don't recognize January 1st as being any more special than May 8th. Yeah. I think I, I think after a while you kind of just stop looking for everything to be so significant just because the digits change. Because usually the people who are like super excited about the new year are just people who want to lose weight. It's like gym Wait, memberships are just that's insane. Me. I what all, you? I get so excited about the new year. Do you? Yeah, I like make a big deal about it. Why? Like, I I mean I just I love any excuse to like party or celebrate. I'm all about that. Do you stick with your goals? Like whatever you write down, does it does it stick by March? Yeah, yeah. Know? Actually, last year I kept one of my goals for like nine months until I was like, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. Nah, man, she lost her vegan goal. I saw her eat a hamburger. Wait, the other I day. Was, oh yeah, oh, shush. <laughs> that's not true. Lies. I'm still vegetarian. I think I saw that too. You Thirteen years a strong. Piece of beef in your oh, pocket. No way. Licking some ribs. But I'm not juice. vegan. I'm just vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. Big difference. I wish I could be vegan. That's way harder. So Earl, what you got going on this year, buddy? Uh, you know, the jellies. Yeah, on Cartoon yeah. Network, Adult mm. Swim, all kids out of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm dying up here, maybe. Okay. Oh, right on. Nice. And, uh, you know, Never Say Never with certain other shows. Yeah, there you go. Can't Congrats. talk about it. Awesome. You can't talk about it until you make it official. I don't talk right. about I don't give a damn if I have 10 meetings. I don't talk about it until I sign the damn paper. I'm the same way, dude. I, <laughs> I met up with somebody the other day, and it's like I'm so superstitious now uh, until it's actually on the table and I've signed a contract. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm like so scared because it's like there's a little bit of that paranoia to where if I say something, somebody's going to try to throw me off the bridge. Yep. When in all actuality, people probably really don't care that much, but it's just a superstition, you know, in L.A. Because it's like I'm like I don't want to say something and then it doesn't come about. You know? Yeah, or I hate when you have something really it's... exciting that like is most likely going to happen, but you don't want to, you can't tell, and like your family's asking, what's it, what's going on in your life? Like, what's the next gig you're doing? And it's like, oh. Uh... Yeah, I just stop you telling should... my parents stuff because they get super excited. Yeah. I know, but mine constantly ask. It's like, mm. yeah, You don't want them to think that you're just doing nothing, you know, but at the same <laughs> token, it's like you also don't want to tell them like, hey, I got this meeting with so-and-so, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's great, and then you're like, yeah, nothing happened, and then they're <laughs> like, oh. You know. Yeah, my mom doesn't understand it anyway. So yeah, no one does. does. No. <laughs> even the people who are in it don't yeah. even. Understand I don't understand it. You know? it. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. LA is the most unpredictable shit. Yeah, Earl, you're um, born and raised in LA, right? Bel Air, not LA. Bel Air, Bel Air, big the, difference. The Fresh big, Prince of Bel Air, big difference. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, and every part of L.A. is different, too, you know? Especially Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bel Air. Yeah. Did, did so did yeah. I. <laughs> Not every comic's for. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you, like, were you around a lot of industry stuff growing up, or were you kind of just like... I mean, my neighbor was O.J. Oh, oh wow. He was oh. great. Nice dude to me. Dude, can you have him sign my VHS of Naked Gun? I probably could. <laughs> dude. <laughs> uh, Stallone. It was a wild neighborhood. Uh, Kareem. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like, you probably don't know who Kareem is. The really tall basketball yeah. player? Yeah. Oh, from, yeah. from UCLA. Yeah. So, uh, he would jog in Bel Air in just dolphin shorts and his goggles. <laughs> it's weird to see this seven foot two black dude just jogging amongst the white people homes. It's like he was an alien. <laughs> so, I mean, now you have rappers and past NBA and right. NFL, and, but back in the 70s, Early '80s, there, there really weren't a lot of black people in Bel Air, so nah, you know, nah. Yeah. Rap, rap, rappers were not making what they're making now. Yeah, back I mean, then, like really, I feel like rappers were making. I mean, given, nah, bro. Like, not, I feel like rappers then. were making more. Well, at least in the '90s, rappers were making more. Nah, bro. Now, mm-hmm. now, like now you can super- now you can you can make one hit and get a hundred grand a show. Yeah, but the music industry's just changed so much. My my old manager used to manage like Prince and stuff like that, and he got out well, of the music Prince, industry. But like now, you have multiple artists who can afford to live in Bel Air in the hills. Back then, you probably had a what ten? You that had, you, you know, maybe like 
someone from Led Zeppelin yeah. coming down the street, or uh-huh. someone from Kiss because they were making you know tons of money, but there was no rappers in Bel Air. But what no about rappers. the fact yeah. that now we don't have to purchase our music; it's just free on Spotify, right. Pandora. Exactly. You well, make your money from touring, but you I still make your think money from touring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like the it's thing is, work. these rappers they might get like even if you're a low level rapper, like Ugly God. He's not the most popular, but he's popular enough. And he might only get 20K a show, but he's doing, like, six shows a week. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys who know they lack talent and they don't have the star power like Drake, they just do a whole bunch of shows. Well, that's so, like Motorhead. I mean, yeah. they, it's not rapping. It's hardcore metal, but they made so much money touring. Right. They had a great logo. Everyone <clears throat> want, Everyone wears a Motorhead T-shirt. Like, even <laughs> yeah. rappers wear. Right. It's because it's just a cool, like, skull type thing they sell more t-shirts than records dude that's so true mm. that's, that's how you know a, a band like has kind of transcended just the music because i'll see like 16 year old girls with like a motorhead t-shirt on and i'm yeah. like you probably don't know who motorhead is but it's like you're wearing <laughs> yeah. a t-shirt because or the misfits yeah know. that's right right yeah, yeah. Uh, that whatever that logo thing they wear yeah yeah so, you know but a band like motorhead has to tour like they're not going to sell a lot of records yeah they have mm-hmm. one hit yeah pretty much ace of spades that's i know right. er, i know earl's favorite band who? Rat. Oh, yeah. Rat. Dude, you're an 80s. Wow. You're, are, are, is it 80s that you're really obsessed with, or is it just classic rock in general? Well, 80s, because I grew up on the strip, so there was uh, there's no other era like it that I've ever seen. It was like an ant farm of horny people just roaming the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was. like, Dude. like Cocaine and hairspray. poison. You know, you had the four guys in poison. And then you had four girls who looked like the four guys in Poison. Like, it was, it was really... It's... Right. So did you like, like, the 80s? Because in the 80s, you had the stuff like Motley Crue, and then you had, like, Poison and, and Rat right. and all that. But then you also had, like, the kind of, like, synth, gothy type stuff, you know, like Tears for Fears, New Order, Joy Division, that kind of stuff. Like, were you into that as well? Yeah, I mean, like... like the I, Mode? The Cars were one of my favorite oh, bands. Oh, dude, the Cars are amazing. Here am I, Cars. Yeah. Well, that's Gary Newman. Newman. Oh, that's not the car? The car sing just what I needed. And then, you know, like, oh, I know tonight so that's... she comes, touch and go. And... Oh, gotcha. Okay. Like, they just got into the song. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Dude, they're they're so good. They have, yeah. like, so many great songs. But their problem was they were very boring live. They literally would just stand there and play the songs perfectly. Yeah. Which I like. Mm-hmm. I like to go to uh-huh. a concert and, like, <coughs> hear the song like it's on the record. Like, some bands, like Kiss. Kiss is... Sounds like they're playing four different songs together. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I love I, I love Kiss. Destroyer is one of my favorite albums, you know. But I like seventies Kiss. Well, that's when More they than... were like, you know, in their prime and hungry and like, yeah. You know, in the eighties, they were trying to be Bon Jovi. And right, like same. God gave rock and roll to right. you, and you know, you guys mm. aren't Bon Jovi. <laughs> they hired the guy who wrote Bon Jovi songs to write them songs, and yeah, you know, it was just. But the 80s in L.A. was just, it's hard to explain it to people. Like, Because yeah. there was no internet. There was no MySpace. There was no Facebook or Instagram. So a band like Poison would literally have to walk the streets and put flyers up. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Did you see Motley <clears throat> Crue in the oh. 80s? Um, I No, I saw their last concert ever uh, at the, I think the Staple, no, the Honda Center. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. Okay. Yeah. Well, dude, they were over the hill by that point. Like, Vince Neil literally looked like somebody took an air pump inside of him and then just shot him full of air, you know? He was already winded on the first song. It's like, dude, this is like the first song. And I sat in the front row because I was dating this girl at the time, and I was like, yeah. I want to impress her. Mm-hmm. So we literally I paid $1,000 a ticket. So we're, I mean, we could touch the stage. It's how, like, close we were, and we could hear them talk to each other. And uh, like the first song, Vince Neil puts the mic over our heads to sing. And uh-huh. I'm like, this ain't fucking karaoke, dude. Like, <laughs> 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 I to see you sing. Thousand dollars to see you sing. And then Alice Cooper was the opener. So for another five hundred dollars, you could meet Alice Cooper after the show. So I paid another five hundred dollars, thinking, well, no one can afford it. Pay five hundred dollars to meet Alice Cooper, so there's not going to be that many people back there. To your yeah. surprise, no, there was like five people. Like oh. it was me and my girlfriend, uh, like six other people, and so we, I was the last guy in line. So he, I, you sit down next to him, and I'm like, "Hey, it's an honor to meet you for five hundred bucks." 
And he looked at me like, you fucking dick. <laughs> you really said that? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, eventually those bands, they all end up, the sad part is they they were great, but they all end up, like, going to fairs for, like, people, you know, That's and, like, so fanny sad. packs and, f- like, funnel cakes, you know, mm. that just, like, fat Midwesterners, you know, that are, like, just barking Ew. at them from... We had a we had a little thing called Heron Fest where it was literally just all the drunk rednecks come out of their trailer once a year, and a foreigner came there. And it was it was or actually it wasn't foreigner it was Lou Lou Graham I think Lou that's Graham's his. foreigner Lou Graham is foreigner so it was Lou Graham's solo stuff but he had an oxygen tank backstage so he would what? go out there and then he'd be like dirty white boys and then he would like be singing and then he would go back and then just like fuel up on oxygen and then wow. this come back Illinois? out yeah this is in Southern Illinois so oh, six boy. hours south of Chicago where all like the hillbillies are uh-huh. this is where I grew up. And we had Blue Oyster Cult come through there, you know, and it was like, there was, I mean, there were some good shows, but it's just like seeing them after they've done so much coke to where it's like, you know, now it's like over. Well, they just don't make good decisions, like when they're at the top, like. Yeah, they they think the money's going to keep coming forever. Just like NBA players. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, uh, like Rat could have been on the Top Gun soundtrack and they passed. Um, And that. That's dumb. Well, you know, yeah. at the time, you you know, Top Gun, you didn't know it was going to be what it became, and I think they went, they put a song on Eddie Murphy's Golden Child, uh, yeah, which was a bomb, and right? So, I mean, Berlin still tours off that one song on the take Top my Gun breath soundtrack. away, yeah. man. They, I think if I was in that scenario, I would take every opportunity there is. Like, I would do. Why not do? One. But you don't yeah, know. But you gotta have intuition. Like they were probably you know? pitched just because I used to date the manager from Motorhead, so they would get offers all the time. The female manager, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the male manager they with like a big managers. mustache. Uh, I love great rim jobs. I love Todd, but I did not date Todd. Uh, and they would get offers every week. Hey, can we use Ace of Spades normally because that's their big hit? Mm-hmm. Can we use it on this Tom Cruise movie? And and you know some they said yes to and. You, sometimes the, the ones they said no to were the bigger hits, but you just don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, you don't. You, you would think Eddie Murphy in the eighties, like, yeah. oh yeah, he's gonna have the biggest. He's not gonna do Doctor Doolittle seven in the eighties, right. you know. Then Top so. Gun, who's I mean, Tom Cruise was a star at that time, but he wasn't Eddie Murphy big. Yeah, so you know that one mistake probably cost him a couple years of prime. Right. I mean, it's a little bit of luck and it's a little bit of intuition, you know, like whenever it comes to what to say yes to. Because a lot of times you really don't know, you know, you could be like, this sounds like it's going to be a disaster, but it's so much stuff that you don't actually. Yeah, but if you you say yes, it's like at least there's a chance of something happening. If you say no, it's like you're guaranteeing nothing's going to happen. So I'd rather take that chance than not take anything at all. But you're offered so, like John Travolta passed on so many movies that Richard Gere ended up getting. You know, so Richard Gere really owes John Travolta his career. Cause, yeah. Know, yeah. You know, so it's, I'm always fascinated by it. Dude, I can't even really. Did, has Richard Gere done that many memorable movies, though? Because I really think back to what he's done. Was he, what, was he in The Bone Collector? No, that was. Was that Richard Gere? Uh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. That was. Pretty uh, Woman. Angelina Jolie. I okay. mean, really, he's known for Officer and a Gentleman, which Travolta and passed gentleman. on. And then uh, American Gigolo was like his first, like, starring role. And. Travolta passed on that. So yeah, it's like Bruce Willis. Uh, Die Hard made him. He was yeah. the seventh choice. For real? Yeah, dude. And now it's hard to picture him without anything. I mean, who else but Bruce? Like Willis is John McClane. Can you picture walking across glass? But I want to know who the like who were that. the first six. Well, Schwarzenegger. You know, any action star at that time, Stallone. Uh, you know, I think Clint Eastwood. Oh no, he didn't fit. The cool thing about Bruce Willis in that movie, though, was he kind of was a little more relatable. He sort of looked like the everyman, like the guy who right. might fix your TV set. Because, like, ju- like Arnold Schwarzenegger looked like he just shot up with ground beef. Like, there was no, there was no, like, all those guys were so roided out and buff. But Bruce Willis looked like he could have been the guy next door. You hey, know, hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger was natural. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I read his autobiography. Natural I mean, growth hormone. Yeah. He had more yeah. ghost writers in that biography than a cemetery. I mean, <laughs> you think he, he can barely read. You think he wrote that? <laughs> Probably not. But that was the look yeah. back then in the 80s. So like, you know, in those mid-80s movies, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's oh. what... It, it, you had to be huge with a foreign accent. 
Yeah. I no. find that so unattractive. No, now that doesn't work anymore. No. Like, girls don't look at the guy who has, like, biceps growing off of his, like, mm-hmm. knuckles anymore as, like, hot. Because you know, we, find, like, we, we found out better. Now it's better to be cut than bulky. It's like Hugh Jackman is now, like, what an action star is supposed to look like. Kind of buff, but not, like, he, he looks normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you like mm-hmm. his body? Is I mean, I'm not, like, a huge fan of his, but... Sure. But his body is like is appealing to you or not? Is he too big? No, he's not too big. Like Matt Damon now is born identity. He's an action star. It's like Matt Damon, come on. Dude. I know. He looks like he just like is, like went to Yale or something. Like I think Matt work. Damon's good looking. Oh, he's good really? looking, but like the like in terms of the action stars I grew up with, it's like he wouldn't even be the wacky sidekick in these movies. <laughs> so. Yeah. But he's a good actor, you know. My, my favorite action star, even though he was not buff, I don't even know if he had any muscle definition, was Steven Seagal. Because he oh, sold dude. that image of like being a legit Vietnam like <laughs> special forces. <laughs> dude, what's the movie where they kill his wife and then he starts meditating and then it just shows him like closing his eyes in front of incense? Every movie. Yeah, pretty much. It just starts out with him meditating. It was either uh, he... Marked for Death, I think, where he's in a coma for seven years. What? And then he comes out and yeah. it starts like getting ready to like go kill everybody. And he kills know? everyone. Like, <laughs> I like he a... heals his mind first and then he kills everybody. I, I like it. a little believability. Like, <laughs> I know it's a fake movie, but I like like I know when I watch Predator, there's not an actual alien killing Bill Duke and Carl Weathers, but I still like the story to match up. Like. Right. You know, Seagal movies, just come on, dude. They are pretty ridiculous. Who was he worse, ju- him or um, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I think, was more believable. I mean, he would do that thing where he'd look like he shit his pants every single time he <laughs> yeah. kicked somebody, and he'd just be shaking rapidly. So who would win in but a fight, Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme? Steven Seagal. I mean, it depends on who's bullshitting, you believe. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, have you seen Steven Seagal in those fight tournaments and stuff? I mean, no, I don't think he's been in any fight tournaments. There's a video on uh, YouTube where it's like him and he's like, do, like practicing his kung fu, and there's literally people running at him, and he's just like flipping him over his leg. It might be staged, but it's he doesn't strike me as the type that would stage a video to make himself look tough. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the one person that I think everybody believes, the one person I think that is very believable is Chuck Norris. Well, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, dude, he's OG, like Bruce That's Lee. Bruce Lee, Return of the Dragon, um, Walker, Texas Ranger. I yeah. grew up on that. Oh, dude, I loved Walker. In the eyes of the Ranger. Dude, it used to be on USA, <laughs> and then they changed its programming when it went to ABC. USA is a little more grittier. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it. I don't know if you guys remember that. Like it when was they had like, uh, Walker and they had Nash Bridges. Uh, you remember Nash Bridges? Uh, well, I was a big Miami Vice guy, oh, so okay. I don't really acknowledge anything Don Johnson did after that. <laughs> yeah, that was his magnum opus. He did throw Philip Michael Thomas an episode, though. I thought that was nice. <laughs> Guys haven't worked since Miami Vice went off the air. Dude, there's sometimes you just can't picture somebody in something else. Like, you can't go from Miami Vice to just being, like, an accountant in, like, a... You know, like a freaking Julia Roberts movie. You know, oh, that's so sad for the actor, then though. Yeah, like I, I knew the chubby you know. detective in Miami Vice. Like he was, you know, there was like Crockett and Tubbs, and then you had the two guys who, yeah, like yeah. were the comic relief. Right. Mm-hmm. This guy literally never worked after Miami Vice. He couldn't get work. He had to move back to Idaho. He's a farmer now. <laughs> Whoa. But he's insane. in the number one show of the '80s, maybe outside the Cosby Show. He didn't. He didn't save his money. Yeah. Oh, he did. But like, he, he was really funny actor. He acted a little bit before Miami Vice, but literally could not get work. Should have went to stand up afterward. Yeah, I mean, why? Yeah, or roast battles. Roast yeah. battles. <laughs> hey, Michael Talbot, let's roast. <laughs> if he hears this, maybe you will. Uh, he might. He's got the time. So, or like, I, 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 I'm curious to know how does uh, a person who grew up kind of affluent get into comedy? Um. Well, uh, most of my friends in high school ended up becoming uh, managers and agents. Mm-hmm. ICM, William Morris, uh, CAA, you know, and they were like, dude, you're funnier than any of our clients. And they had big clients. Like, Just get into it. We'll help you. Just find your find your groove, you know, do open mics, and we'll, we'll help you. And I started, and then they all left the business to get into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> literally they all left at the same time except for one guy who still is pretty big but uh stand-up's its own world like he can't really help me because right. mm-hmm. 
you know, it's just, I mean, you guys all know stand-up's its own island. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can be a huge acting agent, but it's not going to help you get someone on Jimmy Kimmel as a comic. It's just Damn right. different. Uh, so that's how I got into it, and it took me uh, a little longer than I had anticipated, but, uh, you know, it's working out. Yeah. 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 I mean, your, your resume is pretty decent, bro. Just this year. I mean, the first 17 years, so it was a, <laughs> lot, a lot of gaps in between. But that's the way it works. I think a lot that's of times people goes. think that stand-up, it's going to lead to a lot of other acting stuff first, and then you kind of find out that it's like you kind of just are in this world, and then it's like a lot of times it's stand-up just leads to more stand-up a lot of times, you know? I mean, and then sometimes it does lead to more acting stuff. Like when you started – was was your intent to be able to go straight to acting or was it just for the love of like stand up purely? I, I'm a weird dude. I want to get movie and TV things so I get better stand up gigs. Like I love yeah. stand up. It's what I'm best mm. at. Earl, I believe yeah. you can probably wow. you can I believe you could tour now. I mean, I probably could. Uh, I mean, the Jellies. I was a, a feature. You know, I was a second lead. Uh, I mean, on I'm Dying Up Here, I was a pretty small role to be honest, but. Uh, you know, still a Showtime show, and that'll get you some weekends. Yeah, and roast battle. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, I think I'm pretty much the most popular roaster, even though I didn't win it. Uh, there's always any tweet that's like, "Hey, when's this person battling?" It's all when's Earl coming back. Uh, so you know, we'll see what happens. Dude, people know who you are. I remember we were on a, the same show one time on a flyer, and this dude from Southern Illinois was like, "Dude, tell Earl that he's hilarious on roast battle." And oh, so thanks. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude's name was Justin Gray. I still remember the comment. It was on Facebook. So, I mean, you know, that show is pretty popular. So, you know, I mean, people watch it. So it's Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you I don't realize how many people actually see you sometimes because you've been in L.A. for a while or you've been in L.A. your whole life. But, you know, I mean. I, I mean, I lucked out because I got on, uh, I got basically the maximum amount of TV time you can get. Like, I got the same amount of TV time as the winner, Mike Lawrence uh, mm-hmm. or Frank. Uh, so that was a good. Uh, even though it's not my necessarily my sense of humor, uh, it, it's done a lot for me. So it's got me on the jellies, and I'm dying up here, hundred percent. It's because I was on the show, so I owe it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. totally. Before I met Earl, I thought he was a a little stuck up, but me and Earl became friends through roast battle. Man, it's crazy how certain things bring people together, man. And we went at it, like yeah. you know, because I was playing the house racist at the time. Yeah. You know, uh, and and here comes Big Dave, and like, you know, yeah. you know they, ba- I, you know, no one told me to act racist, but you know, it just came from the heart. But I mean, like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was my role to like kind of like get the room going by saying something stupid, so the wave can do whatever, or Moses can say something, you know. And then you know, me and Dave had a nice little battle. I'm like, oh, this guy scares me. <laughs> like he's still the only guy on roast battle I've ever been in the room with where I like I don't want to mess with this guy like you know yeah yeah both of you guys are good at roasting that's not my thing like I'm I don't have the knack for it you, you do know? though it's not my thing you know like I'm good at it like I feel like you're naturally good at it I'm not saying that you don't have to work at it but like I do feel like there are certain people like I'm really good at doing characters right. and and I, I get better at it but I have a natural innate ability to do that so I work on it and I get better but I feel like to be good at roasting, you kind of have a little bit of a bent towards that. You don't feel that way? You didn't feel like you had, like, a natural ability to just kind of look at somebody and sort of, like, chop them off from their knees? Well, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I can only answer that question. Like, there's a difference between roasting and roast battle. Like, roast roasting, I might say something, you know, like, you've been on TV. I might make fun of your TV show and mm-hmm. and... But at the end, I'm gonna say, "Hey, you're a great girl. You're cool." Like mm-hmm. roast mm-hmm. battle, I'm not. I'm looking at you, going, "Okay, is she fat? Is she? Does she look like? You know, mm-hmm. uh, is her nose big or her tits? I mean, sorry to be so like. No, no, you're good. But it's roast battle, so you you know you have to make fun of someone. So mm-hmm. it's a different. You want to pull them apart. Yeah, you have to say something so mean to them that it's gonna mess up what they're gonna say about you. You know, uh-huh. it's very psychological. But yeah. roasting, you're paying tribute. I'm more bent for that. You know, like paying I love. Tribute. Yeah, like it, roast battle. Since it's a competitive show, you're you're trying to tear someone down. I, I lost my totally. desire. So to negative roast. if you think about it. I mean, it it is kind. Of, it, it's you know what you're getting yourself into when you sign up for it. Like if I sign up to do a roast battle with Dave, I know he's gonna. 
knowing this guy and his research, uh, he's going to go, okay, what's the Earl's family? What was that like? Is Earl fat? Does Earl have a big nose? Who was his last girlfriend? Can I make fun of that? I mean, you have to be like that. No, I'm, I'm a surface level battler. Like, I don't. Like, when guys are like, you want to meet up to get information? I'm like, no, bro, because I battle surface. So it's like, if I'm battling you, I'm going to talk about what people can see now, not something they have to think about. Like, see, I'm the opposite. I do I do the obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. if you had an abortion 18 years ago, I'm going to find the doctor, and I'm going to interview the doctor. <laughs> Fly out to Missouri. Oh, I will. But I like, get, get into the documents. it. <laughs> I, I get into it. Like, I... I but then does the audience understand that? Yeah. Oh, they, well, hopefully through the joke. And it's a quick joke. You know, it's not like, um, you know, you can do a six or seven sentence joke. It has to be David Lucas had an abortion and you know, he didn't. But, like, you know, I'm going to talk about, you know. Well, he is a man. So. Right. right. Well, but, you know, I'm going to say something, like, that's going to mess up. Even if we're a different type of battlers, like, he'll look at me and just go, bam, Earl's forehead is so big that <laughs> Yeah, that's how I battle, and but it, it it doesn't compete. Like I lost my I lost my um, I, roast battle took away the luster from me when I started like um, battling more, and then it's like they get so racist. It's like, damn, bro. Like I I don't want to be involved in this. I grew up in conservative ass South, where I was called the N word multiple times. So it's like when you go racist and talk about me having a black daughter. And comparing uh, me to having a slave master and stuff like that, it's like, I don't want to battle anymore. Well, I mean, I think it's different. I think it depends who you're battling. Like, if you were battling me, obviously, you know, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, I think if you're battling a stranger, it's right. like, okay, That's you don't know thing. me. Yeah. Like, I'll only battle friends. I mean, I don't battle anymore, but, like, if I ever did, it would be someone I know. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to make fun of my parents dying two months apart, which they did. You know, they were a little wow. older, so. It's, and it's like I I would stay away from a topic like that, like that. Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about that, given I don't know you that well. Even if like I knew still, you, you know, if I like, knew you, like, I definitely wouldn't talk about that. Well, it like, depends on the person. Like, if I like the person, I'll I'll ask them like, hey, if you don't want me to bring up your daughter, I won't. Or like, uh, you know, with Doug Fager, he had a he was a great battler. He had a uh, family situation that's you know uh, sad, so I would not do that. Um, but if I don't like the person, if it's true, <laughs> it's all on the table. Like, oh. but the thing about Have you, you a lot of people you don't like, or is it usually people? you Earl do likes like? everybody except for a couple of people I know. One or two people that, but but if it's true, it's on the table. Like, because uh, you know, it's just that's how I. So you better pray I like you. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, once it's you know, uh, that's my only rule is it has to be true. Like I can't roast you and make up that you cheated on your girlfriend. Or that I don't know you're gay or whatever, you know, because then that could ruin your status with the girl, you know, the next day, right, right, you know, right. And, and you know, so that's my only. Earl, yeah, to all our listeners, you got a YouTube some of Earl. Skakel's oh, don't do that! I have horrible roast footage battles. Out there. Earl Skakel comes out like an early '90s wrestler. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> dude, you're a wrestling fan. We need to talk about bro, that. In have you ever seen one of his battles, bro? He like ripped his shirt off. Yeah, it's it's pretty it. damn funny. <laughs> I well, full disclosure, I'm doing a complete rip off of, and I, I hope I don't lose you on the wrestling talk. No, we've talked about wrestling before. Okay. I had a cousin that was like super into wrestling. Uh, oh, dude, Rick that's... Rude is the guy who had this amazing <laughs> body. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he was like a legit badass. Like he, he would get in fights in the locker room, like real fights. Like, wow. So people were scared of him. And he just would come out and see someone fat in the front row and just call him a fat slob. And, like, <laughs> and then he would take his robe off and be like, you'll never look like this, you fat tub of shit. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like, it was an awkward, like, uh, well, he's kind of right, but it's kind of rude to say to someone who just paid $20 or to whatever. you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did he have fans? People loved him because he sold the character. Like, hopefully, mm-hmm. like, I sell, I don't think people think I'm, actually meaning the stuff I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I mm-hmm. battled Jimmy Carr, Jimmy Carr is one of the top comics in the world. Clearly, he's funny. But I had to say things like, I think he's the worst comic on earth. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you yeah, you got to play the part. You got to make him be irrelevant. I just yeah. wrote a new stand-up bit recently about, and it's it's funny because I usually don't do a lot of pop culture material, but about J.R., 
you know, from oh, right. uh, like because yeah. I, dude, the I was announcer, just such, right? yeah, the yeah, announcer just announcer. about how he would like to start screaming at like cream in his pants every single time Stone Cold Steve oh, my Austin God. came out. Oh, He'd be God. like, "Oh my gosh, the hardest man in wrestling, and so am I." And then, like, because he would, like, literally just start, like, creaming his pants as soon as the rattlesnake came out. Oh, like, man, the rattlesnake. Yeah. The slobber knocker. I'm oh, my God. I can't believe he's here tonight. It's like you were just in catering with him. You, <laughs> you knew he was here. <laughs> right. Dude, I, I loved wrestling. Like, I would start. I, I, I realized that I'll never be as happy as I was when I believed wrestling was real. I would cry from joy, like, all the way up to, like, sixth, seventh grade. When, like, certain things would happen on wrestling. Who was like, your favorite was, wrestler? Like, dude, probably Stone Cold, just because he was such a piece of crap. Like, slamming beers together, flipping people off. Like, that was my era. But, like, I loved, when I was a little kid, I loved Hulk Hogan, obviously. Yeah. You know? Everybody did. Everybody loved Until Hulk he switched Hogan. to NWO. That's when I really liked him. It, when, when he became a he bad went, guy? He went rogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who's your yeah, favorite wrestler, like, bro? Uh, I mean, I like the Ultimate Warrior, just because he, he was, was great, too. such a, he was so, uh, his like promos made no sense. <laughs> like you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, it's a wrestling, you know, wrestling fan base is pretty stupid. Like right. you know, they're meat and potatoes, and he would be talking about like the Parthenon and the the golden light coming out of the the seventh vector. Of, <laughs> Have you guys seen Glow? Uh, everyone tells me they actually story. just I, I, they I touched Glow on is it. Good. Like, is it good? It's really good. I actually have binge watched it because each episode's only like half an hour, mm-hmm. so you can watch oh, ten episodes in five hours. <laughs> but yeah, I binged it on Sunday, and they touched on that. Like they featured Hulk Hogan doing like commercials and stuff, and they were awful. Well, <laughs> they yeah, made no sense. Well, the Hulk Hogan wishes he was The Rock. I mean, that's what he oh, wanted yeah. to he be. Oh, yeah. He tried to do movies. Mr. Nanny. Did you ever see Suburban Commando? I saw, uh, oh, I saw them all. I mean, Yeah, the, where he drinks antifreeze for no reason and then just starts beating the shit out of everybody. He goes, antifreeze, and then just starts, like, punching people in the face. Well, he just face. couldn't act. I mean, at least The Rock <laughs> can act a little bit. Like, yeah. Whereas somewhat believable although i don't know if a remake of jumanji was necessary but yeah, bro 500 million oh i get it like kevin hart's in it he voted for me in roast battle so i'm lo- much loved to kevin hart yeah yeah but I, that's that, that was a childhood movie growing up so i was kind of hurt that they redid it yeah, I, haven't yeah, seen here I feel like it's too to soon too since robin williams yeah. but i but i feel like this though. it's it's like the highest earning movie so far oh really 500 million I haven't even seen the trailer. Like in the box office, people want to see to fantasy. People want to see good special effects that they can take their family to. That's it, basically the I, reason. That's its selling point. I've seen know? the trailer and they're running through the jungles. Uh, I mean, I don't like the new CGI. And to me, I like the mid '80s special effects because they were so bad they were believable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you see a truck blow up, it's all right. That looked like an actual truck blowing up, and now it's like. You see those Fast and Furious movies where the cars are jumping between buildings and they yeah, land perfectly, man. and like, yeah. this looks like it's a green screen with Jason Statham like grunting. Triple X, that movie with Vin Diesel, oh, they just geez. made a new one. And I like it shows, the first one. I didn't see it, but they show Vin Diesel riding a motorcycle on the ocean. Yes, bro. Yeah, like, just, what? I'm just like, dude, that's retarded. I went to the premiere like, for that, and I had to act like I loved the movie. But it just goes to be like I want it to be a little believable. Yeah, you know, like Rambo was a believable movie. Mm-hmm. Like a, just a burnout Vietnam vet in yeah. town for a meal, <laughs> and then he kills half the town. And, you know, <laughs> Dude, that's how it always happens in those action movies. It's you didn't even really need a good plot. But I could like, see oh. that happening. Like I could see a Vietnam vet going to a small town just for some a lunch. And, the most believable <laughs> thing out now is uh, is Punisher. See, I I don't acknowledge Punisher without Dolph Lundgren. Oh, dude, uh, it was the OG yes. Punisher, mm-hmm. but it was he can't. What's, act. what's the yeah. boy? What's the boy name from uh, the guy's name from? Um, he's from uh, Walking Dead. He's the one playing Punisher. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, Negan? Is it Negan? No, 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 no. no, no. no. He, he died. He played Shane. <laughs> he he like, died. He died in the first. I've season. never seen one. I've never Dead. watched Walking Dead. Me neither. I'm fascinated with zombies. Oh, I love. Me too. Hell yeah, I love Walking Dead. I've never seen Game of Thrones because I hate that sword and sandal bullshit. Like where people are riding just horses talking about Camelot and. You know what I'm watching? Too. I'm watching now. It's a little weird. It's hard for me to get That's into. It. What? I'm watching uh, Dark. Dark? Never heard of it. On Netflix. Have you heard that, Haley Ray? Mm, no. Haven't heard of it. John Bernthal. It's crazy how all these foreign actors are kicking. Yeah. 
our American asses. Well, you know what it is? Those guys study overseas and they take acting seriously. A lot of here you have like fame chasers and it's like, like over in Rick Grimes yeah. is from what? London and he sounds mm-hmm. like a fucking southerner. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, it's like damn. Dude, they're Andrew all Lincoln. Australian or British, like all these guys. Charlie are. Hoonam. Who's that? The guy from Sons of Anarchy. The, the really good-looking guy, the leader. Is is he British? He's, he's from, I think, the UK, but he like has a Scottish accent. Like, yeah. But he can, also, he's, can also do an American accent. I wow. saw him at yeah. Air One the other day. I'm like, hey, Jax. Was, I called him by his Sons of Anarchy name. You saw, you saw Margot Robbie. What did you see him at? Uh, Air One. Air One. Oh. So like, hey Jax, yeah. how are you? So, uh, all right. Dude, Air One is the ultimate. That's where everybody goes. The girl that I actually dated, she used to work there for a while, and it's like lit- celebrities, like yeah. all the all the natural food people. Like you know, that's the only people who can afford to work uh, buy it. I mean, it's like it's very expensive. It's very expensive, and it's like it's it's all the it it's the most LA grocery store. There's people who just hang out there. Oh yeah, it's like sorry, where Air One, Beverly, and uh, like a uh, little past Fairfax. What is it? A I R. E E R E W H O N. It's like a high end Trader Joe's, even more expensive than Whole Foods. More expensive yeah. than Whole Foods? Yeah. Damn. Oh, dude, Whole Foods. The people who go to Air One are like Whole Foods. Like yeah, they look what? at it like that. You How do you spell it? Uh, it's weird spelling. It's E R E W H O N or something. Yeah, yeah. E R E W H O N. E R E W H O N market. Yeah. Dude, there was a guy. That that goes there. That this girl was telling me about. I won't. I won't name his name because he's very popular in that community. But he's like has like man bun, and he like sells like his he sells like his desserts okay. to Air One. I guess, and they're like these health food desserts. But he just like walks around there like all day long. Like he's just always there. Like that's his hangout. Like it's a local bar that he's like just some weird regular app but it's like at air one you know he goes to the juice bar gets like deer antler you know yeah like, i mean people get deer antler and they, just... they have the weirdest wow. smoothies you can get like ball ball juice from uh from like a you know from like a, a polar bear from <laughs> zimbabwe polar bear so is it more expensive than gelson's and oh absolutely 100 no i mean you go yeah. in there a sandwich is 12 bucks where at uh, Trader Joe's, it would be four or five bucks. Yeah. It's not the same sandwich. What's like a turkey? Because Gelson's mm-hmm. is the most expensive grocery store I shop at. The West Hollywood one? No, the I live in Studio City. Okay, go to the West Hollywood one. It's the next level, Gelson's. Yeah. Are you into that whole health food craze? Like, are you like, are you like really into like the whole yeah. natural food thing? Earl and... is ripped, bro. He goes to the gym yeah. like every day. Well, I, I mean, am too, actually. Yeah, Not ripped, but into the health food. Thing. I just suck it all in. I suck it all in. <laughs> so do they really like have a superhero? They really know? have deer antler. Smoothie? Yeah, deer antler. Oh, yeah. it, well, it's, it's a shot. It's it's a shot of deer antler, which is supposedly I really good. I've never had deer antler. No, this For is what? all so commonplace. Because the girl I was dating, she'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to Air One. I'm gonna get a shot of deer antler." Like she would just say that. What does casually, it do? You know. I don't know. I, I mean, everybody has said that it's good for you so much that I've just adopted. Like, it's good for you, but I actually really don't know. Well, because Ray Lewis, uh, when he got hurt uh, one year, he, he took some deer, deer antler spray, and he said he sprayed it on his injury, and he, like, magically healed. So mm-hmm. ever since that, all you know, the health food business is full of charlatans. Right. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lionel Hutz's with man buns, you know? Yeah, so you got all yeah. these deer antler products, pills, sprays, uh, creams, and so. People pouring, like, bone broth on their cut, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, what Ray Lewis didn't tell you was the growth hormone and the roids he was also <laughs> taking. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of believability in that. Like, hey, people will... I'm very happy. I know you guys. I, 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 I hate I didn't bring it up earlier, but Bama won the national championship. I saw it last night. Some yeah. guy next to me at the sushi restaurant had like twenty grand on it. Wow! And to For see real? this guy, wow! It was amazing. I want, I want a thousand. I mean, twenty grand. This Jesus. guy, every play was like just pounding booze. He's like, oh. <laughs> the guy missed the field goal uh, toward the end. Yep. And, like the guy ran around the sushi place high five. Also, he was a UGA fan. Yeah. So, so he lost 20 grand. No, he won 20 grand. No, UGA lost. But didn't they 
No, he was bet on Bama, but like who missed the field goal at the very end? Bama of the uh, uh, missed the field goal in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter with two seconds left. So he was bummed out at that, and then when they won, he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah," because they they went into overtime. UGA kicked the field goal. Then Bama uh, got the ball on the first play. They got sacked with 16 yard loss. Then the Hawaiian boy Tua threw like a bomb to the end zone, and we won. Yeah, I mean this mm-hmm. guy. You would have thought he came. Like, <laughs> like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Uh, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, I but I know a lot of gamblers. I grew up with gamblers around my, you know. I don't get I, Yeah, I, I I don't get 20 grand? He must be a multimillionaire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This guy was probably had a grand worth of food in front of him. You know, sushi adds up. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you yeah. go to, like, Matsuhisa and uh, La Cienega, you can drop 400 bucks in there. Yeah, we need to go to, uh, what's that place called? Is it Mr. Chow? Uh, uh, There's Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow. Really I haven't been to sushi since I've lived in L.A. It's kind of embarrassing. I used what? to eat it in Chicago all the time when I lived there. I don't I eat haven't. sushi. I eat the cooked sushi, like the smoked salmon. Uh-huh. There's oh, a place wait. right no, across from me that once. makes giant rolls. It's called Crazy Fish. And I'm, I'm like, this shit is crazy. Not the one on Olympic. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Olympic, yeah. Earl, I got a place to take you. Earl took me to, when me and Earl first became friends last year, he took me to Tacos. And, Pinches. Uh, yeah, we talked. Pinches is good. We talked about each other growing up with money. and. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I lucked out in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, Financial, you know, you tell people you you live in Bel Air, they just think you're a billionaire. But there was a Bel Air fire in the 1960s that burned down every home but ours. Literally, wow, really, we had the only home left in Bel Air, and then it became what it became. Like, so that was luck. It was just, you know. Do you guys still own that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish, man. It's a sweet house. But uh, and then my dad joined Bel Air Country Club. I think he paid fifteen hundred dollars. Same membership today is three hundred and fifty, so it's just like three hundred fifty dollars. No, three hundred fifty grand oh, just wow. to join, and the the probably the monthly dues are fifteen hundred. Dude, you need to freaking write a book about growing up in Bel Air eighties rock. Like you've got like some good stories about L A that people actually would want to hear. And Earl, you grew up with a black nanny, right? I grew up with a black man by the name of Leroy Prince. <laughs> Is he deceased? Yeah, he was the first person in my life that died that I like meant something to me. Like, you know, yeah, he was like a father figure, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, we got pulled over many times by the cops when he would uh, take me to grade school. Because here's a black dude in a green Dodge Charger with a white kid in the back. It probably <laughs> looked horrible to the cops. The old school uh, Charger? Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. you know, uh, oh, yeah. late 70s, early 80s. And and Leroy was very black. I mean, like, he was, like, the Kimbe Matumbo black. <laughs> and uh, what, what side of town did he live on? Uh, you know, Redondo Beach. So he wasn't, oh. like, a, you know, I mean, my parents paid him very well. So, like, he could live in a nice place. But, uh <laughs> What did your parents do? Uh, my mom was in the thoroughbred racing business. In oh the South. shit, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean you could. Wow. You could make so much money if if you have a successful horse, you make the money not on the horse's winnings, but the babies. The babies, yeah. Really, yeah. My sister actually has a because her husband's pretty well off. He has a horse, and they go to like the Kentucky Derby and stuff. Oh like that, yeah. You know? Oh my goodness. And it's the yeah. babies that you make the because like, you know, whoever won the Kentucky Derby this year. I, I don't really follow as much as I used to. Like those babies from that horse sell for two hundred grand each, and a horse can have a, a horse is like an NBA player. They can fucking just pop out, you know, forty babies. <laughs> They're like all like Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, so you could have forty babies from one horse, and that's you that's know, insane. That's eight million dollars, and then you make money on those horses' babies. I mean, it's really like that's where you make the money. And even dogs, bro. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you get the right dog, the bloodline from Poodles? the bloodline from Ugga, the 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 um the the dog from UGA, you know, their mascot is a bulldog. They right. have a real bulldog. Ugga's bloodline, his puppy sell for like ten k. Oh yeah, I mean my uh, wow, the girlfriend, uh, <coughs> the Motorhead manager, uh, she used to work for uh, the Osbournes, and mm. they gave her a French bulldog that was five grand. They just gave it to her, but like. Because they, you know, obviously have access to the best of the best. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a purebred French bulldog is five grand. Wow. They just gave it to her. I really want one of those toy Pomeranians, but they can be up to ten grand. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, 
Michael Vick's pit bulls go for a nice uh, run. <laughs> I want this sounds incredibly so white. Tra- the winning sounds, ones. This sounds oh so God. white trash, but I want a wolf. You know, I was actually in front of Air. Uh, they I, have wolf dogs. Yeah, no, no, no. I was in, in front of Air One, and there was this guy who just walked by, and I was like, "Those dogs are huge." I just thought they were like ginormous huskies, and he's like, "They're wolves." They must be like second generation because you can't own a first generation wolf in LA. Dude, my friend. Okay, so That's my so friend's crazy. mom back in Southern Illinois, a huge redneck family. Like she was one of those rednecks that thought she was Native American. She had like dream catchers hanging from her <laughs> modular home, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. And she had a huge wolf that was like. I, I mean, this is my. Memory. You were a Probably, kid. I was you a were kid. a child. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like in Sandlot where they're visualizing that dog being way bigger than it is. But I mean, it, it was it was really big, and it was just sitting outside in a kennel, and you could like see it barking and jumping. And I, it didn't seem like a regular dog. It seemed like full blown wolf, you know. And in yeah. so, Illinois, so like, in Illinois, I would trust that it was. In the southern part, yeah, because yeah. it's right by Kentucky, yeah. you know. But, I mean, I, I've always thought it'd be cool to have one of those dogs unless a bad day they happens have, and it turns against you, you know. Obviously, that's, that's horrifying. See, that, you know? see, I'm really into dog breeds. Uh, and, and a lot of people, I don't, Pitbull's not my favorite uh, dog breed. I'd go for, like, a Belgian Malinois, the ones that the FBI and the police use. They're, like, uh-huh. a leaner version of yeah, the German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, and they can hop, like, 10-foot fences. But anyway... Uh, a lot of people talk about like pit bulls turning, and it's not that the pit bull is a bad breed. Any dog can turn on you. The most absolutely the dog with the most uh, dog bites is actually German German shepherds. Those are the ones that attack the most humans over pit bulls. Um, but the thing is, with any dog, if you're inbreeding like most people do to make a quick buck, you're gonna have a, a crazy dog because you know. I remember growing up in the South, even. Like my family, they would from a litter they would keep a brother and a sister to breed. And oh, that's messed up. You're inbreeding. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh yeah, you got like I mean, well, my dog that I have looks like she was conceived at a gangbang. Like <laughs> she's got like seven different dogs in her. Like she's got the face of a Maltese, the body of a Jack Russell, uh, the, the the lip uh, of a Brussels Griffon. She's got like the little Billy Idol <laughs> lip curl. She's got like the feet. Of a Karen Terrier, but the legs of a like a Yorkie Terrier. Like. <laughs> She's like one of Sid's toys from Toy Story. Like, she was like, <laughs> is she crazy? Uh, well, she was abused, so Aww. like uh, you yeah. rescued her. Yeah, uh, that's the way to go. Well, yeah, I mean, because you know those dogs. You know, who know? I don't know what she saw, but she was clearly abused by a bigger guy and with water. Because she's like today walking, or she wouldn't walk because the whole ground was wet. And she, you know, you could tell she was just like Aww. expecting. So, but she's bitten a few people. You know, all, only men. You know, mm-hmm. so bigger yeah. guys. So it's. I think it's the the owners of the fucking maniacs. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you can have a Maltese be a vicious dog. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna hurt anyone, but they parrot the owner. You know what I mean? They 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 start to pick up your energy. You know, like the way that you are. You know, have you ever seen somebody who's crazy? Their dog just kind of starts acting crazy. You know, for no reason. Oh, my brother had a chow that was the most vicious Chows dog. are horrible. Uh-huh. What? They're, They're so cute. No, nah, nah, those are some really. mean dogs. Well, he had to put it down because he had a kid, oh. and uh, he literally went to Malibu in the hills and shot it in what? the head. What? <gasps> a chow. Well, he loved the dog so much, he wanted to be the one who killed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my brother's crazy. Like, he's oh, a big right guy. God. Like, right. he's, you know, like your I size. I could never. And, oh, my God. But the dog bit me once, and he wouldn't <laughs> let go. Like, he locked onto my kneecap. Because he was black, and my brother had a black and white carpet. And so the dog was laying in the black part of the carpet, so I didn't see it. So I stepped on its foot by accident, and I'm just going to touch your knee. Like, he literally went like that. What? And would not let go. I thought chows were, like, kind of a blonde, gingerish color. They can be brown or black, and they're distinct marks. They have purple tongues. Yeah, and this dog had, like, a black tongue. Like, so he was next level. So my brother had to punch it in the stomach to let go of my leg. Jeez. <laughs> wow. But this dog was crazy. He would have killed at Michael Vick's house. Like, he would have he, he would have won every fucking award. Yeah. No, no yeah. dog would have beaten this dog. It's like that, right? Check yeah, it. but this dog, it, he looked like that, but he was black. They, they they're all, so cute. He's like a bear. 
But yeah, you know, like yeah, he was like I that. Like that one. Yeah. Akitas are very aggressive yeah. too. Akita, uh, Akita, I can't even remember what those look. They're like. They, oh they look. They, they are. I don't know breeds that well. They favor. They favor uh, huskies. It's, it's a vicious. I well, love Malamutes or can be vicious dogs. You know, Alaska Malamutes. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Dobermans. Yeah. German Shepherds, especially in the '60s in Crenshaw, Normandy, they were out of control. I yeah. had no is, idea Chow's dude, could be. I actually I prefer bigger Akita. dogs. That's an Akita. Wait, what did you I say? I prefer bigger dogs. Oh, I thought you said something else. Bigger right. dicks? <laughs> no, I thought yeah. you said. No, never mind. I thought I, I thought he like literally just said like the N word. Yeah, dogs. I'm like, oh, what kind? What breed is that? Oh, <laughs> oh bigger ah. dogs. I thought you said. I was like, uh, okay, just nonchalantly. I'm trying to think. All right, well, I don't believe I've heard of that breed. <laughs> that's funny, Earl. Now I'm here looking at Google images of chows. But that's the first. The first time I heard the N word was up at my dad's country club, and I didn't know what it meant. Oh, so yeah. I thought it was. It's a story I've only told once on stage, and of course it was at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, it was like pretty full room and there was like a couple big black dudes in the room. I'm like, Hey, can I tell this story? It involves me saying the word. And they're like, what word? I'm like, you know, the word. And they're like, yeah, you can save this tonight for this joke. And I wish I could say the joke on stage. Cause it's such a, you know, Bel Air country club was so racist. Mm-hmm. Country clubs. It seems like usually are, you know I mean? That's 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 the vibe that I would get. They're elitist. You know? Well, yeah, especially in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Like now, it's probably more accepted to have NBA players and NFL players. I'm sure you have a few. Like, bro, if, if I had a million dollars, and I had you know a steady income of multi millions of dollars every year, I would join. I would join the Beverly Hills, uh, Beverly the Bel Air Country Club, just because. But they wouldn't let you in the seventies. Like there was one black. No, I'm saying like now. Oh, now it'd be like you have to. It's like the mob. You have to be brought in, and it's not just Bel Air Country Club. I shouldn't single them out. I mean, uh, but you know, I had shot bogey golf on the front nine of Bel Air, which is really good golf for an amateur. It's basically one over par on every hole. So I ran uh, into the clubhouse, and I told my uncle, I'm like, Uncle Jim, I just shot bogey golf on the front nine of Bel Air. Like, from the men's tees, he just looks at me and goes, Earl, that's golf. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't really know what that meant, so I went down to the caddy yard, which, of course, they're all black. I'm like, hey, guys, guys, my uncle just said I shot golf. And <laughs> the biggest, blackest caddy, he was like a pro wrestler. He's like six, seven, four hundred pounds. He's like, hey, we love your uncle. But don't ever say that word again. I'm like, why not? What? <laughs> <laughs> so but, but it's funnier if I say it because it's just so it just shows you my naivete of like right, oh, and it's be- true. It actually happened. You yeah, know, but, but I can't, you know. And yeah. you're not saying it in a in, in the type of way to where you're being racist. Like I, it's really saying how racist my uncle was. Right. Is he still alive? No, no, he's probably on the plantation in the sky, just <laughs> running. You know, he he was the same guy at my dad's funeral. We had a huge, uh, like, 18, 19-year-old black kid named uh, Fabian, who I s- still am in contact with. He was the only one, toward the end of my dad's life, he had to uh, say he needed help uh, doing several things. Uh, so Fabian was the only one strong enough to lift him. And taking him to the bathroom and all that stuff. And at my dad's funeral, my uncle's like, hey, boy, go get me a drink. I'm like, this isn't the guy to be calling boy. Wow. He's like you. Like He's a great dude, but like he, he had a side that like, you didn't want to like right. call mm-hmm. him boy. Yeah, totally. So, Where was your uncle from? Uh, <laughs> Cartersville, Georgia. Oh, Jesus. Is Georgia really that racist? Oh, hell yeah. Are you serious? Cartersville dude, I spent is... much time in Georgia. My ex-girlfriend... Uh, she was black, and we went through. We we did a road trip, and you could kind of see the way different people reacted interracial couples across uh-huh. state lines. Southern Illinois, a couple weird looks, you know, maybe like a lip curl every now and then. We went through Alabama. We went through Georgia. Mm. We went through uh, Tennessee. Eh. We went through Alabama, and it was like literally like we just stepped off of a flying saucer. People thought we were doing some sort of political activist. Alab- thing, you know I'd say I mean? Alabama. Were looking at us, so weird. Out of all, like, uh, you know, growing up in Georgia and stuff, I'd say Alabama is worse than Georgia. Like, mm-hmm. because Alabama, I'd, I'd probably say 50% of Georgia is very populated, whereas in Alabama it's probably only like 15%. 
that's populated and then everybody else is scattered and you you still have people who you still have a lot of people down there who are still alive that were alive back during segregated times mm-hmm. and Alabama man I rem- my um aunt actually lived in Alabama and I remember one time I was with my granddaddy and uh, we were driving to my aunt's house and we pulled out of a st- we were driving from Georgia to Alabama my aunt's house and my granddaddy had this big in the south to to uh, signify that you made it you get like the biggest Cadillac that they make that's like southern traditions and my granddaddy had this big Cadillac and we were going down the street and when we pull out of the store uh, to get ready to go to my aunt's house, this white guy uh, jumped on my granddaddy's hood and he said, "Hey, nigger, get the fuck out of here!" <gasps> on my granddaddy's hood, and my granddaddy was like, "If I would have had my pistol, that word that I don't like to say would have been dead." Uh, what black people refer to white people as? You know? What do they? Crackers. Crackers. Yeah, I don't like to say that, bro. Oh, I'm not dude. offended personally. Like, <laughs> dude, honestly, that word has no historical significance of oppression back behind it, though, or like any kind of like real pain, you know, to where it's like, it's not really. It's I've never met. I'm sure there there's people who are offended by that word, but I've never met anybody who has like emotional trauma attached to that. You gotta go you to the. I mean? You gotta go to the south, bro. If you call. If you're in a heated battle, a heated argument, and you call a white person that, uh, the really? right the right one will, will... It's no N-word, but, like... I don't know. I've just... I guess I just have an experience, you know, where I've seen, like, anybody... Yeah. We don't have that in Canada. What, wait, yeah. where, what part are you from? Well, I was born in the middle, like, in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, but when I was five, my family moved to Victoria, British Columbia oh, yeah. Island, so I grew oh. up there, and then I went to university in Toronto. I did a uh, comedy show with Rob Schneider in Victoria. Oh, really? We had to take a, what do you call this? A ferry? A pontoon plane or like oh, some uh, weird. Oh, a float plane. Yeah, it was really yeah, weird. Yeah, harbor air. Because yeah. <laughs> the pilots had to, like they both had to grab the thing to get the plane going. And they, yeah. They moved. It was like, and it's uh, like a really small plane. Yeah, so yeah. you feel everything. Like any bump, it's like, oh shit, we're going down. What'd you think yeah, of Yeah, the Victoria? small plane seems scary. Beautiful. Yeah. We played some theater. Like it was like so either the Royal or the McPherson. It was the Royal. Yeah, the Royal. Was it with the whole crew, like Rob and no, just me know. and Rob. Yeah, and uh, you know it was like it was packed. Of course, yeah. you realize they're all there to see him, but like mm-hmm. it's still fun. <laughs> I try to explain them like <laughs> yeah. where I'm from, and they they get this mysterious magical. I know island. I know where BC is at, but I don't know where the other place is. Victoria yeah. is. It's across from Vancouver. Montreal. Yeah, because we did Vancouver the first night. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really nice theater on the main strip of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then next night was there, so. Nice. And I'm a big hockey guy, so it's like. It's oh great. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think I've heard you mention that before. Is so, that is that your favorite sport? Yeah. So yeah. to do uh, comedy in Canada was like, you know, there would be some nights uh, where we do radio interviews, mm-hmm. like when we were in Calgary, and they started talking to me more than Rob because I was doing like Jerome McGinley jokes, and they're like, Rob's like, who the hell's Jerome McGinley? <laughs> Calgary, that's where Brett Owens is from. The rest of them. Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Owen Hart, too. Owen Uh, Hart, yeah. They're both from Calgary. I remember that. When he died, they had the funeral in Calgary. Yeah. Well, that shows you how hardcore wrestling is, because when Owen Hart died, he basically died in the ring. Right. And his best friend, Jeff Jarrett, was the next wrestler, you know, the next match, and they forced him to go out there. Like They're like, dude, the show don't stop. Get out there. So his blood was in the ring where... You know, he fell from. Dude, uh, that's like Roman Colosseum type yeah. stuff. That's insane. Well, that's it, the, well, I mean, there's so many. I mean, wrestling's maybe the only business I've ever seen that's along the lines of stand-up comedy, where you know, it's oh, Ralphie May died. Oh, that's let's have a memorial. All right, who's on the lineup? <laughs> like, you know. yeah, long right. live King Ralphie. He's looking down on us right now. Damn right. Hell yeah. Hey, thanks for being on our show, Earl. We're about to go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. This is great. This yeah, really is dude. a podcast about nothing in yeah, particular. It's <laughs> a Seinfeld of podcasts. We talk it's, about yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Trauma, the N-word, like, you know, everything. Don't you, don't you like this better than a structured podcast? I do. Like? I do, too, because yeah. there's an incentive to talk about whatever, you know? Well, this is how I do my podcast. It's I don't have plan one question. I've never planned one question. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we tried that a couple of times, and it's just like we can't wait. It's inauthentic. To, we yeah. always go back to food, like nutrition and relationships. <laughs> That's kind of what it's it's bordered around, and it is about stress loosely because life is stressful. You know, yeah, in the we all sense, got anxiety. Like, you know, 
I mean, where can people find you, dude? Just you know, to kind of plug your stuff for our listeners. Like, what's the easiest place to catch you? Uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, just at Earl Skakel, E A R L S K A K E L, and uh, I do a podcast called Inappropriate Earl, which is very much in this vein of you know, I'll have a guest and. I've listened to a couple episodes, dude. It's it's good. So. Oh, thank. You. I mean, I yeah. try and get celebrities yeah. on just because you know the. People like hearing famous people, you and know. you can also follow him down the aisles at Air One Market. Yeah, Air One Market getting you know bull <laughs> testicle. I mean, shots. you go in there for a sandwich and you walk out a hundred dollars poor because you oh I need uh, the the pot brownies or whatever they're now that pot's legal. Uh, every health food place has these weird brownies that they can sell now. I don't smoke. Really? They they can sell that at Air One. Yeah, they can sell like stuff with CBD in it, whereas before. Oh wow. Uh, you know they couldn't. I don't want to get that yeah. shit by mistake, man. It'd get get some ant liver smoothie in there. Ant liver smoothie mix. They have all kinds of really weird, really really weird stuff. It's like everything's labeled a superfood. You can scam so many people if you put it in the superfood section. You can put cat <laughs> mm-hmm. shit, whatever you want in there, and just say it's a superfood. And there's gonna be some guy with a man bun. Oh, I can't do the man <laughs> buns. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm good on the uh, man bun. Hey, it helps with the smog in Los yeah. Angeles. It absorbs it, so, mm-hmm. you know. It's better for yoga. Damn yeah, right. it is. <laughs> Opens up those chakras. That was the Stressed Out Podcast yeah, with David Lucas. Haley Ray. And our guest. Earl Skakel. Along with me, Matt Jones. All right, you guys are freaking awesome. Thank um, you for all the listens and all the follows on Instagram. Continue to you, follow you, us, Stressed Out Podcast. We're getting our views up and listens, guys. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. If you have anything you want to know, stressedoutpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can inbox us on Instagram. And a shout out to the podcast before us for being 20 minutes long. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks.